0: Miscarriages happen all the time, and estimates range largely, 10 to 20% of all pregnancies, depending on what research study you're looking at. And that's gonna vary by region, socioeconomic status, and the risk sharply increases by age. A longitudinal study in Denmark, which included over 1.2 million pregnancies between 1978 and 1992, found that the overall miscarriage rate was 13.5%. Now I could tell you these numbers, but it honestly just feels like another statistic that's nice to know. These numbers don't mean anything when you've actually experienced one, let alone are trying to navigate the aftermath. One of the main reasons for this episode is I feel like most of us never really talk about miscarriage and yet, if you're a millennial, mid to late 20s, early 30s, this is when it's likely to happen the most. And it's not an exception, it's more likely the norm. So what is it actually like for someone our age to go through miscarriage? In this episode, we journey to Columbia, Missouri to spend time with an old friend, 29-year-old Daniel Burke Aguero, aka DBA. He opens up on miscarriage and the life-changing moments that have altered his decisions. From a taco shop a few blocks away from home to a mountain in Yosemite, surrounded by sequoia trees. Welcome to Progress Not Perfection, the leadership podcast where we grow through what we go through. My name is JQ, and I'll be your co pilot. Each episode, we sit down with leaders to explore how they build companies and communities, products and services with a vision for the greater good. We dig into how they create clarity and chaos as they wrestle with messy situations and also how they navigate their own career journeys along the way. If you're ready, let's step to it.
1: My name's Daniel Burke uh, Aguero, aka DBA is what most folks call me. 29, going on 30 years old. I currently live in the city of Columbia, Missouri. With my wife, Alicia, our son, Jonah, uh, just passed 10 months. So he was born May 12th of last year. So uh, it's just the three of us. And we've got two little mini golden doodles, uh, Sonny and Emmett, and they're the best. DBA and I
0: met in 2011 through a summer internship back in university.
1: <laughs> so when you and I first met, I would have described myself as a, as a pot smoking hippie. You know, Tie-dye shirts, big poofy hair. I was like 100% sure as soon as I finished school I was going to move to sub-Saharan someplace and either teach English or do the Peace Corps or do something like that. I I was absolutely positive that I was never going to do anything growing up in corporate.
0: He ended up doing something corporate. (laughs) But the person DBA is now in 2020 is not quite the person I met almost a decade ago. Daniel would never brag about himself, but as someone who's been able to watch him over the years... I've got respect for him. He's a consistently ranked top performer and selfless leader. And rather than our usual format today, let's
1: pick up in the middle. It was January 1st, 2017, New Year's Day. So New Year's Day, you know, most people are are off work. I actually, I went into work that day. It's a holiday. You know, I was working at a company doing uh, veteran loans at the time. And I worked from about... um, about 6 a.m. to about 8 p.m. that day. In that one day, since everybody else was off, I was trying to get ahead. I got so much work done that I basically did about a half a month's worth of work in one day. And I was just so tired at the end of the day. So on my way home, I just thought to myself, like, you know what? I'm just going to grab a a quick, quick bite to eat. And man, I, I could really use a beer. I stop, grab some tacos, and get a beer, and then one beer turns into two beers, and two beers turns into three or four beers, and you know I probably had some tequila in there, and it it all kind of hit me all of a sudden where I was just thinking like, like what just happened, you know? I just. I remember like taking a step out of it and almost thinking back like what am I doing right now and realizing that I was I was like stress drinking. I was kind of numbing numbing myself from 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 stress from work and so yeah I I guess I just remember thinking like I should be home right now with my wife because that's who I need, who loves me and who who supports me. Like I really should have just gone home, but instead I had pulled over, pulled over on my way home and started drinking. That was kind of like one of the first clear signs for me where I was like, "Mm, this is maybe not good. (laughs) You know, this is probably not how it should be.
0: This scared me. This scared me because although this is DBA's story, that could have easily been me. After a long day of work, going for what I thought was a casual drink, and after all, if you told me that you are a social drinker two to three times a week, Jay, three to four drinks, I probably wouldn't have batted an eyelash at that at all. I would have thought that was normal, even light, in comparison to some of my friends, some of my colleagues, who drink way more than that. At what point are flags raised in my mind that I'm stress drinking and working too much? To be honest, like especially the fact that you were working on New Year's Day, I I think that says a lot, too. Did anything like that stick out in your mind in that moment when you pulled over?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember like the morning I was driving in and I was just like, it, it's this weird sick thought, but I was just like, yeah, I'm grinding. Yeah. I'm doing what everybody else isn't doing so I can get ahead. And I just remember being at the end of the day on my way home, just thinking like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm putting work above everything else in my life.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. Like there's that quote, I'll do what I, what others aren't doing so that mm-hmm. I could achieve what others don't I totally butchered that quote, but um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, I think it has a lot to do with like the hustle mentality nowadays, and mm-hmm. and people driving towards winning in some way, mm-hmm. right, or accomplishing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel you there. What What else was going through your mind in that moment?
1: Man, um, I, I think that was it was a combination of things, and, and looking back, I think it was a lot of with my mindset, but. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to do well at something, right? And hustle to an extent, but I, I just think I'd kind of warped it a little bit. I'd made work and achieving, I'd put a lot of stress on myself. I'd made it a bigger thing than it needed to be. I was so worried. We were going to take a trip later that that month. I was so worried about being gone for really only three days out of the office that month mm. that I sacrificed that whole Holiday to come in to get ahead because I was putting so much pressure on myself To perform at a high level
0: Truer words were never spoken I've been up since 5 a.m Editing this audio and His words hit hard I've been doing this for years uh, When I was in sales if, if I was truly being honest with myself I made it a top priority To become the national number one producer and I did for three years in a row, but, but at what cost? And, and now as I work a full-time load as a management consultant, plus the time that I throw into podcasting as a personal project, does my wife and my family, do, do they get my leftovers? It's, uh, it's hard. Balancing the rationale of I'm doing this to add value to others, and I love my wife, and she deserves the best me
1: definitely a turning point in in my mental health and in my physical health
0: we always talk about prioritizing things right Mm -hmm. in life and Mm -hmm. and like it or not it it does feel like work at that point would you say that that was one of your top priorities yeah versus family friends etc how did that all how did everything fall in terms of
1: prioritization i think the crazy part about that is that if you had asked me then what was my priority i would not have put work first I would have said my order of priorities is probably like my faith and, and my family, uh, my friends, and then work. But like maybe you've heard that quote. It's like you can tell the measure of a man by how he spends his time and how he spends his his, his money. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I get it. We all have to work a lot. It, you can't have a perfectly balanced life. Layer behind that is it's also like what do we? what's our heart focused on? What are we worried about? Striving for ultimately, like what's an idol in our life, right? And for me, that yeah. was work, like that was the thing that consumed everything. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I was home, I wasn't actually home, I, I was still thinking about work.
0: Yeah, consuming, yeah, for sure. definitely. For sure. Um, DBA, you and I are roughly the same age, and most of our friends either have kids or are trying to have kids amidst this. At, at what point were Alicia and yourself? trying to start a family
1: oh man so andy andy Mino, he's a he's a rapper it's it's a great line and it goes i'm gonna need y'all to stop asking when me and my wife going to have some kids because right now we just practice it and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know we weren't trying but we weren't not trying just you know we're gonna leave it up to leave it up to god so but yeah so started getting healthy um i had started going to crossfit that summer. Yeah. Doing all that stuff. And yeah, that's, that's when we found out we were pregnant, I guess, for the first time was, it would have been August, 2017.
0: How did it feel when you got the news that you were pregnant?
1: And it was the coolest. It was, uh, it was just the coolest. We we weren't, we weren't planning, we were not planning. And so it just, this giddy, excited, overwhelmed, but just so like, I don't know so filled with hope and joy for this next chapter and i just remember telling my friends telling my family and uh, i started looking up cribs and stuff online and you know it was it was cool i've always wanted to be a dad so i was i'm all in let's go i was i was really excited
0: that's 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 really good when did you get the news that you were pregnant
1: i remember i came home from work at the time we still live in the same house, but at the, at the time I was only about three miles from work, and so sometimes I'd come home for lunch or you know during the day or something, and you know hang out with Alicia for a bit. And I just remember coming home, and you know she she said, "Hey, why don't you come outside for a second and and go and sit down?" In, in the backyard we have this nice like stone fire pit area. She just pulls out the test and just kind of places it next to me, and <laughs> it was awesome, man.
0: Could you imagine? my my wife and I aren't ready quite just yet to start practicing. we're We're a few years out from that. but wow, like DBA, I, I feel like my heart would just explode, you know, but with with joy
1: that that's probably when I first started thinking of protecting my time.
0: What do you mean by protecting your time?
1: At the time, right, I was still at at, a, at this corporate job, you know, working working for the man, right. But um, when when I say it's it's protecting my time, it, it's always kind of just from the place now of thinking like, is is this what life's supposed to be like? Is this it? I just remember thinking like, am I supposed to be this stressed already? Am I supposed to be this stressed for the rest of my life? Like, is this what is this what it it's gonna be? Am I gonna wake up? 10 years from now and be on my phone before I actually get out of bed, trying to put out fires. Am I going to be waking up in the middle of the night, like with literal sweats because I'm like worried about files. Is this it? I don't think it is. Where's the disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I started. Maybe. Yeah, there's, there's definitely things I could have done differently when I was there, but like, that's, that's where my brain was. It was so focused on everything that was outside of my control.
0: Got it. So you started thinking like, okay, what, what do I need a shift?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I I just remember being so excited, just dreaming about what it was going to be like to be a dad and just, just leaning into that. And then, um, October 14th, 2017 is when we actually, we, we miscarried. And so, um, So, and man, it was it was Saturday night and I just I just remember uh, Alicia was in the bathroom crying. Things were not good. Um, like I I didn't know what was going on. I just remember like th- she'd been spotting for a couple days, which is, is not a good sign. And so, yeah, just I. I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that it had officially happened that, that she had actually passed that night. I I just knew she was, she was bleeding and I was worried and like, I wanted to help, um, but I, I didn't know what to do. You know, like you, you want to be the, yeah. the husband, you want to be the partner that's there. And, and, and I just didn't know what to do. And so side note as as quick context, I serve on the music team at my church. I love it. But the next morning, Sunday morning, I, I was actually already scheduled to serve on the music team. And the next morning, I'm I'm up there, I'm on stage, and I'm actually I'm, I'm leading and I'm singing a song called called uh, Doubting Doubts by a group called Citizens and Saints. And there, there's a line in there that uh, really just really hit with where I was, and, and it was saying, "I keep searching for the answers to my doubts." it's like i'm caught between belief and wanting out but there's this promise that my soul just cannot shake that i am loved despite the struggles of my faith and wow i, I just remember i i'm singing those words mm-hmm. while internally like i am i'm struggling because you know five minutes before i had gotten the text from alicia that that it was official that that, that we that we had passed the child and and later on the song they're talking about how you know that your grace is my soul sufficiency. He's talking about God's grace, you know. And man, just the, <laughs> the freaking waterworks turn on, the faucet turns on, and I'm just I'm bawling trying to sing this song, and. Uh,
0: you know, I'm, you're on stage at this point too
1: yeah man and 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 i ended up like stepping literally stepping away and just like having the band finish it without me because i'm just i just feel broken i'm like what what happened you know like this all this hope and excitement and it was gone you know and i, I felt lost i felt confused and um you know since since then obviously like i think we've all gone through loss um we actually just lost my grandma a couple weeks ago, and and you know I think we all kind of oh, respond sure. to loss differently, but like this was the first time that we'd experienced that kind of loss, you know like. Well,
0: yeah. What what was that like for you two to process that as a couple?
1: Yeah, um, it was weird, man. It was it was weird to mourn what what I never knew in a sense because. Like when when we got the news that we were pregnant, we had so much joy and hope and and unexpected. Just I mean, it was awesome, you know. And and we started picturing <laughs> yeah. this new chapter, and and for me, being a dad and raising a kid and playing catch and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, in, in in an instant, it's gone. And yeah, I I know there's a lot of different layers between this, and everyone processes it differently. But just like like I never physically knew that kid but alicia carried that kid for like nine ten weeks and so like her her grief was different than mine you know like i didn't Mm -hmm. physically experience that and so it was it was weird man it was it was hard it was it was really hard and like as i tried to support her and love her and encourage her but like sometimes if if i wanted to give her a hug and, and she didn't want it like like, how do you, how do you know that stuff, you know? And so it was, it was really tough to find that balance. Like it was, it was hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, looking back on that Saturday night when, when Alicia miscarried for the first time, what, what did you do at that point? Cause I guess you didn't know, but, but what do you wish you did differently? If anything?
1: Um, I mean, it, I, I just shut down, you know, I just remember that, that night I just shut down. I'm grateful that I was able to be at church and playing music because music's been a huge part of my life. And that's probably how I actually processed some of that grief, but I just wish I'd, I'd stayed. That's it. You know, I'd wish I'd called in and said, I'd, uh, I can't make it and that I need to be here for my wife. And I wish I was awake, you know? It was like two in the morning when all this was happening and I was just asleep. I just wish mm-hmm. I'd been awake.
0: Yeah. But I guess like, you know, you can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can't really control whether you're awake because <laughs> like you would have had no way to yeah. know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned that you're a music leader yeah. at your church. How did your faith or relationship with God play into <laughs> all of this?
1: Uh man I, I think that was definitely one of the more challenging sides to it. Um ultimately I think it ultimately I, I do believe that that there's purpose behind it and so mm-hmm. I, mean, I I can mention that in a sec but when it was taken away maybe that's just with with where I was in my walk but it was really hard for me to immediately just lean into the fact that that all things are are for good. I don't know. It just, I, I never processed that stuff before. And so, so music for me has always been like a big part of my life. I've found a lot of hope and encouragement and I've processed a lot of things in my spiritual walk through music. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just think like my relationship with, with God and my, the development of my faith has been largely through music, through listening to music and singing music and playing music. And, you know, that's, that's how like my heart works on stuff you know
0: it sounds like a lot of um given that you are a music leader yeah uh, lyrics come to you pretty often but is there a is there a song that resonated with you Mm. um the most over that period of time
1: yeah that um, sticks out right away not right away i i I do know though that and and we can mention this in a sec but um, we had a couple miscarriages we actually ended up having uh three before Jonah was born and and I just remember after like the second and, and and onward until he was born, like the song "Good Good Father" by chris tomlin would would actually sometimes mm-hmm. kind of not not frustrate me but but it it was definitely something that I actually had to process um because I wanted yeah. to be a father and
0: it, it sounds like it was a weird weird space for both of you and, and it feels like during that time uh you must have felt a bit in limbo lost yeah what was it like trudging out of that tunnel
1: it was uh it was it was weird (laughs) i mean that's that's definitely maybe the right way it's a weird space it's probably the right way of phrasing it um you know like looking back on it like if Like now, now I can look back and think like, well, what if we did have that first kid? Right. Cause you know, vision hindsight's 2020, you know, sometimes things make sense after the fact, like now I look back and I think, well, what if we did have that first kid? Why I I probably wouldn't have changed very much. Like I, I look at the trajectory that I was on, right. I was so dialed in on trying to be the best corporate job, like putting all this pressure on myself, like a really unhealthy space but i was blind to it right i thought i was doing the right thing for my family i thought i was being the best i could be at work i thought i was putting my faith first but ultimately when i look back it's like work was like the 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 penultimate it was the best thing for me at the time that's what everything in my life revolved around my heart focused on that that was my everything and so Mm. like if i if we had had that kid like i honestly i bet i'd still be there and like that was not a healthy place to be. Yeah. But at the time, like, if you had told me that, oh, there's there's a reason for this, Daniel. Don't you worry. I, I probably would have punched him in the face. You know. Yeah. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was it it hurt. Like it didn't make sense. I I didn't. I. Had, so I I just remember that was the that was the first time. Right. It's it's on our one year anniversary. It's it's not uh it's not great. And yeah, Wow. I just remember like over the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, like I, I, I kept spiraling further into worry and fear and we actually miscarried a second time. And I just remember when, when we did, it was, it was about six months later. Like we, we got that green light again for the pregnancy the second time. And, um, you know, I, I had that initial rush again of joy and hope and excitement. And then I, I don't know just like a week in I just the the switch flipped and I just started worrying and thinking well what if it happens again what like mm-hmm. what if we go through all this and we get excited and we have hope and then we miscarry again and I don't know it was just spiraling around this drain of like how difficult and I was just I was worrying I was picturing the worst yeah yeah and we and we miscarried a second time and, and it was it was it was kind of a dark chapter and I don't like it's like, you can, if you saw me right now, I'm wrinkling my nose right now. Cause I don't like thinking about it, but <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, yeah. it was a dark time, man. Like on the outside, everything was fine. You know, like I have a great, great job, uh, house, not, not with like a white picket fence or anything. We, we've got a chain link fence, but we've got two dogs. Like things are great. I'm leading at church. Like things are great on the outside, but you know, internally I was, I was kind of a mess, you know?
0: Yeah. And it must've been so hard to be going through a period of of pretending that everything was okay. while I'm, I'm, where I'm imagining, you know, a lot of your friends having children, man, to, to your point about not knowing how to be there for Alicia that, that first Saturday night and, and even all of it, I feel like we have the best intentions to, to support and be there for our friends, but we, we don't know how either. What was it like interacting with your friends during that period? Uh, it
1: was weird. You, you know, I, I, like we have a really, really good friend group, right? Like we have really good friends and I love them and I, I love their kids. But like internally at the time, like we it was kind of this, this back and forth, right? It's like, you, you can't tell someone to not tell you about how the kids doing, You know, mm-hmm. but like we had friends with, with kids. We had actually friends with kids who were born about the same time when, our first miscarriage was supposed to be. And so, you know, just to see like that kid growing up, I think until you, you come to peace with it, there's always going to be this layer of like, there's also a, almost a reminder, like a what if, right. And for the longest time it, it was heartbreaking, you know, cause like I, I'd, I'd hear someone complain, Oh man, I'm not getting a ton of sleep. You know, my, my kid. And honestly, one of my first thoughts was like, well, at least you have a kid. That really got me reflecting though on like, on kind of like where I'm on, maybe on the flip side of this, like, like what am I doing to help other people through their challenging times or their situations, right? Like, I think it was just so important though, to look back on because like finding that, that layer of empathy and actually like showing up for people, um, isn't something that's I, I think maybe natural for me. You know, over time, I've I've grown in this, but like one of the things I've struggled with a lot over my, I guess my life has just been like envy and comparison and jealousy, and so you know my my heart doesn't naturally jump to being happy for someone else. It, in the past, has jumped to be an envious of it, and so I don't know. So you're human. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, Yeah. I, I just you know I try and control everything you know, um, that's, that's Mm -hmm. how I find peace or that's how I found peace and stuff in the past. And so, you know, you have this season where everything is perfect on the outside. Well, it's because I'm trying to control it. You know, I'm doing the best I can at work. I'm doing the best I can with my physical fitness. I'm doing CrossFit at the time. Like I'm controlling everything that I can. And yet internally I'm like, I'm still a mess because ultimately I can't control the thing I want the most yeah so it it definitely got me thinking though on kind of like how i how I showed up for people you know um reflecting on yeah that. Wh-
0: when you when you say showing up uh what do you mean by that yeah
1: so like you know I, I guess for this for this to make sense you know you gotta gotta know about will uh will metcher so will will was the best man at my wedding, uh, he was actually a guy who told me about selling books, which is how I met you and um, he's actually still my coworker. We've been roommates for six years. Um, he's awesome, right? And he's just this loving, tall, goofy dude. Um, he's the best man at my wedding. And um, he's he's got a heart for um, kind of going a step beyond for showing up for people. For this to make sense, you got to think of like, Will's like, that's what he does for people. And that's what I love and appreciate about Will. And so Mm -hmm. he was actually in town when we had our first miscarriage. Um, To add to all the emotional stuff going on, um, we were actually, we were in the middle of redoing our kitchen as well. And as silly as that sounds, that was something we were excited about because we said, you know what, if we're going to have a kid, this is probably the last time we'll have energy to redo the kitchen so so we're redoing the kitchen so all of our cabinets are in the garage right we don't have like our Mm -hmm. stoves unplugged we literally we only have a microwave we're planning on knocking it out you know so we can get it done before the kid comes and halfway through the project is when the miscarriage happened will was flying back that afternoon and he lives in portland but but i just remember before he did he showed up to our house with a week's worth of like healthy individually packed meals, you know, from this, this place in town and he just dropped off the meals and he just said, look, man, I, I I don't know what else to do other than just to let you know that I'm here for you. Wow. And it it was the most helpful and comforting thing that almost anybody had done, you know? Mm -hmm. And man, I, I'm a Christian, right? Whether you believe in the Bible or not, no big deal. But um, I think regardless of where you stand on it, I think it's a pretty good source of wisdom. You know, one of the the things that kind of stuck out to me is like like oftentimes, if you look at many different stories, like there's a lot of times in the Bible, like Jesus doesn't just say like, he doesn't send a text and say thinking of you, right? Like he (laughs) he physically shows (laughs) up to people's houses and like he heals them, he helps, like he... He shows up, right? And so, I I just think like one of the biggest things is is just reflecting on on. I think people just need to show up more than they talk about showing up.
0: Yeah, with me on that, totally. Yeah,
1: you know because I don't know, man. Maybe you've seen this in other aspects of life, but like like we we had friends, we had coworkers, um, who who never, you know, who who had never dealt with the same type of stuff that we had in that miscarriage season and and unfortunately like best intentions in mind right they'd find out and their natural response was like oh you know what it's probably a good thing that that happened because you know now there's better things in store or everything happens for a reason and it's like yeah. i agree with that yeah for sure like give credit where credit's actually due right and like all things do happen for good and all that but like it's really really hard to hear that in that moment. I don't need to hear that you know, there's a reason for your loss like when we're literally dealing with the loss. Yeah. Uh, I I get it that we're just trying to be positive and support each other but like I really believe the best thing that we can do for people is to, to show up. Like to physically show up for people. Like don't try and solve me. Don't try and solve our pain. Don't try and solution us but just show up and like, let us know that you're, you're here. I don't know. It, I just think bringing us food, helping us pick up our laundry. Like those are the types of things that it's it's an extra layer. You know, it's really easy to send well wishes. It's another thing to actually do something for someone.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. My, my heart's, um, it's really struck by that statement that people need to show up more than they talk about showing up and in- and looking at my own life, I feel like sometimes I'm running so fast that I am conscious that I don't have the space to show up for people when they need it. And so, at the start, back when we were back when you were working at Veterans, when you worked New Year's Day, it feels like you might have been in a similar boat. Do you do you think like you're 100%. running too fast at that point?
1: Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, it, it it's crazy because like you know, again, and, and I mentioned this a couple times. If you had asked me then what was most important to me, I would not have said work. You know, I would have said like my faith, my family, my friends, but like, ultimately, my, my mind, my heart, everything in my life was focused on revolved around worried by stressed by like trying to control work. You know, again, like when I was there, like it's I had a great job, great money, like, but I didn't have any autonomy. And I I think that for me was maybe one of the, the, the key things that I just kept coming back to. And you know, it, it's definitely a conversation around landing on what's most important in life. You know, like I just remember one time we were um we were on vacation. This would have been um August of eighteen, right? Man, so we're on, on vacation, we're in Yellowstone, you know, God's creation, we're we're on this trip and it's beautiful and the sun's shining and it's like eighty degrees, like it's it's perfect weather. And and while I was there though, I wasn't actually like fully present because I was I was honestly we were driving through Yellowstone and I was hoping that I would get cell reception so I could send some emails to so I could try and control work from the other side of the country. You can make all the money in the world, but to what end? Like at what cost? You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know. Looking back, like at the at the time, like I was for sure, like I was so addicted to my phone, man.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. I especially that moment where it's like, oh, just one more email. Mm-hmm. Just or one hey, more. I just gotta send just this one quick more. thing. Yeah. What did um what did being addicted to your phone look like um, for
1: you? I think my phone was an extension of me. And man, it's I think it's crazy. I challenge anybody listening to this, try and go without your phone for a couple days because you'll realize how often you wanna be on your phone for me, what it looked like was I would, you know, not every single day, but I remember there were plenty of days. My alarm would go off. I'd grab my phone. And before I even get out of bed, I'm checking my email. There are days mm-hmm. where, um, you know, it's, it's nine thirty at night and we just got finished watching a movie and we should be going to bed. We should be hanging out. We should be present. And instead I just drift to the living room sit down and pick up my phone and just start trying to get ahead for the next day on emails start trying to you know be proactive start you know again things that are good but i've made a good thing an ultimate thing
0: Mm -hmm. by being connected all the time what were the trickle down effects in in your life
1: um i think when you're maybe it's different for for everybody else but for me like when i'm when i'm so tied into my screen and my phone and You know facebook linkedin twitter emails all this stuff like i'm so connected to the people on the other side of the world that i'm disconnected from the people who are in front of me whether it's like physically like i'm not spending as much time with the people in in front of me in my life or whether it's just mentally like i am physically having dinner with someone but i I might Mm -hmm. actually be thinking about work i might be i'm not present
0: yeah yeah, especially when you start scrolling and oh, then you disappear, right? I found myself the, on TikTok. The time suck,
1: man. <laughs> two oh, hours
0: later. the worst. worst.
1: And then you, you're like, cool, what have I done for the last two hours?
0: hmm Yeah. What, what do you think the solution um, is? Or what was it for well, you? Well,
1: for me, I, I think there's a couple layers to it. But for me, one of the solutions has been slowing down to speed up. You know, I, I think a lot of that's, again, just that idea around like your heart posture. There's a really good book, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer. You should check it out. It's really awesome. But w- one of the concepts in there is the, the bigger Jesus got, right? the more popular, the more influential, the more whatever he got, the more he actually chose to step away and to go be in solitude and to be in prayer and to not let the world drive him. I just think for for myself, it's really helped to slow down to speed up. So for me, what that looks like physically is actually like I now I I feel like now I'm doing it a lot more healthily than I had in the past. Now what that looks like is, you know, at seven o'clock at night, I'll put my phone away. I'll put it in the office and I'll close the door. I'll take my smartwatch off, put it away. So I'm there's no tech in front of me. I know that's not the solution Mm -hmm. for everybody. I need hard lines. That helps me a lot. Man, I I think the solution is honestly getting right on your priorities, right? And then setting boundaries for those priorities, you know? Um, I I really believe, like, you got to protect what's most important to you, you know? And so, like, I look back Mm -hmm. on the miscarriages, you know, if, if we hadn't lost those, again, like, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be here because, like, if we hadn't lost them, I wouldn't have been as dialed in with what's actually most important to me. If we hadn't lost them, like, when we got the good news that that Jonah was actually going to make it, like, I don't think I would have had that holy crap moment of like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, whoa, I I don't know. I guess if we had had the first one or the second one, I would have probably just kept working and just kept kept my head down. I would have stayed where I was. Mm-hmm. If it hadn't been for that pain, I wouldn't have been in the place where when we had the good news, like, I would I, w- I knew something had to change and I was willing to do something about it. Like when Jonah was born, mm-hmm. I, I was just so conscious about thinking like, like w- what is actually most important to me. <laughs> there he goes again. Sorry. That's no, okay. Alicia and I together, we made that decision that like we'd rather, um, I'd rather be broke and spend time with my kid rather than make a bunch of money and not see him. I don't think I had boundaries at the time, and that's what I needed. And for me, that's that was the shift I needed to to set some hard boundaries, and so. I believe in creating those boundaries and creating hard lines where at least for me, like if I disconnect, I can disconnect. Like I, I try not to now, I try not to touch the phone at all. Um, try to put my phone to bed at seven. We try to practice the Sabbath like a full day of being disconnected and present and being in worship. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't help me to have, I love that. Lines, you know, absolutely.
0: That's so good that you actually put your phone to bed, you know, um, like put it away and just shut it off. Well, wow. uh, when, when you talk about disconnecting and, and you fully disconnect, I know that I've tried and friends have tried different tactics to disconnect, like one, monitor their screen time because Apple has a built-in mm-hmm, interface mm-hmm. for that. Uh, two, you might like in, implement time limits on your app. So it'll, it'll kind of pop up and be like, hey, are you sure you want to keep yep, going? Mm-hmm. And, and then there's like the grayscale function where it just basically turns your screen it's so boring. gray, which it's the is the best so boring, <laughs> but then you yeah. turn it off and, and then it's game over, right? Cause then yeah, you have color. Yeah, back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fully disconnecting. Uh, thank you for that. I really resonate with how simple that is, um, but so critical to mm. being present, you know, to those that Absolutely. are important. Yeah. Well,
1: you, and, right? and I mentioned it before, but the ruthless el- elimination of hurry, John Mark Comer, I, I think it's a great, like practical application of everything we've talked about.
0: hmm Man, I'll definitely pick it up. Uh I feel like we could get, keep going for hours, but but to wrap up, what what's it like for Alicia and you now as as a couple, but also having Jonah in your life? What does that look like? Ah, uh,
1: man, it's the best. Um he's he's walking, he's uh playing with the dogs, his personality is getting better every day. It's a super big blessing to uh get to spend time with, you know, with with this gift, with this kiddo it pushes me to be the best version of myself every day. And I, I oftentimes fall short, but I have hope, you know, I have hope for the future and I have hope mm-hmm. for uh, the world we live in as crazy as that sounds right now. But that's good. Hope, hope is always
0: good. And uh, what about, what about for Alicia and yourself? You know, what, what are the dynamics between you now given, you know, what yeah, you've gone through?
1: Um, well, I'd, I'd say the, it definitely all, it all comes full circle, right? In the sense that like I took the career that I'm in now so I could have more autonomy, so I could protect date night, so I could do stuff like that. And now we have a kid. And so we don't get as much, <laughs> we don't have as much flexibility as we used to. But you no, know, I, I think it all comes back to the same thing. It's that Alicia and I try and put each other first. And so part of disconnecting is to spend time together. Part of looking at the week is saying, well, where can we protect time to, to pour into our relationship and to to be together, you know, to disconnect, um, together, you know?
0: Yeah. DBA. Thanks so much for, for being on the show with me. Uh, This is, you were super vulnerable and, um, I I know it can't be easy to even talk about it now, but the fact that you are so that, Mm. that other people can, like, I feel like I've Mm. learned a lot in terms of reflecting on, my own experience, how I'm showing up mm. for others, defining what's important in my life. It, it's, there's a lot of, there's so many takeaways from this and, mm. and I feel like, man, I just need to reflect and, mm. and, and dwell on this for a bit. But
1: Yeah, thank yeah, you, thank man. You. Thanks for having me and thanks for being you.
0: It's a huge day. We're publishing this episode on May 12th, 2020 and it's Jonah's first birthday. Happy birthday, Jonah. You have amazing parents. Everyone else, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review. If you want to hear more of Millennials with Machetes, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, keep swinging at those shrubs. JQ, out.